0: Good morning. Oh my goodness. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, Let me get this chair out of here before we get started. It's an exciting weekend. Um, You can tell that because there's a little bit more room in the pews this morning. Lots of fun plans and um, an exciting weekend. It's also an exciting weekend um, because for EBY, our summer interns are here. Um, if you did not see them this morning, um, take a second after, after worship to, to meet them. Um, but we're super excited this year to have Mary Denley back. Um, those of you who were around last year and, and hung out with us at all last year, you guys know Mary. Um, Mary just graduated from Harding, right? Oh, uh, there you are. Mary just graduated from Harding. Will you stand up? Um, she graduated with a degree in social work, um, and she's kind of taking some time to figure out what's, what's next for her. Um, but we're super excited to have her. And uh, we also have Matthew Hufilar, um, the most fun last name of all time. Matthew, if you want to stand up and, and wave to everybody. Matthew just finished his sophomore year at Auburn, right, studying pre-optometry. I like practice saying the word optometry because that's a tricky one. Um, But for any of you spectacled fellows like myself, I don't know how long uh, optometry school lasts, but be looking for him to to fix your eyes in a few years when he gets done. And and we hope this summer both Matthew and Mary can help our students fix their eyes on Jesus. It's a fun dad joke to start us off this morning. Thank you, thank you. Um, no, it's an exciting weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's also my birthday weekend, um, May 30th, Tuesday, Tuesday, May 30th. I think there's time to get a card in the mail. Uh, I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, it's fun. Birthdays, birthdays are fun because, because there's, there's hope for the next year, right? You get to reflect on a year of life and hope you make it to another one after this one. And, hope that maybe you can save a little more money or, or spend a little more time doing the things you want to do. There's, there's a lot of excitement on birthdays, um, and so I've been thinking a lot about hope recently, and I know some of you guys, um, if you're an NFL fan, have thought a lot about hope, um, as the NFL draft happened a few weeks ago. Um, I've mentioned before that I'm a Washington Commanders fan, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I'm very hopeful right now, if, if you haven't followed that situation at all, Dan Snyder, our owner, is officially gone. We have a new owner, and so my entire life we've been bad, and, and there's hope for the future now. Um, or if you're a Braves fan, um, you may be hoping right now that they'll get rid of that horrendous QuickCrete logo on the side of their jerseys. I don't know if y'all have seen those, but it's just bright yellow on blue and red, and it's just gross. But I know... I know you Tennessee fans know a lot about hope. I mean, you guys, since 1998, have been hoping that maybe you could squeak together a good season. Um, and Tennessee fans are, are, are more hopeful than anyone I've ever met. Just complete false confidence that we could go 0-10 oh, one season, but next season's the year. Um, but let's be honest, let's be honest. Um, Y'all had a great season this past year, congratulations. I mean, to be completely honest, half of being a sports fan is having hope, right? I mean, unless you're an Alabama or a Georgia fan, and at that point, half of being a sports fan is trust. Trust that Nick Saban isn't too old to keep coaching, and trust that your quarterback, who is older than most of your tenured professors, is going to be back for a 16th season, Um but, um, but I digress. Hope and sports go hand in hand because hope is what makes it possible to get through tough seasons. I think even, even just for life, hope is a necessity because hope is what gets us through tough seasons. Except, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but it's true for me that when I get into those tough seasons when I start experiencing hardship or difficulty or, or fear or anxiety or whatever, hope is what I need the most, but it's also the first thing that goes. It, it, it's in the times when, when we start to have financial trouble and the mortgage is due. Or when we just can't seem to shake that addiction, or, or when you find out your spouse has been unfaithful, or when someone you love, or, or when you get sick. Maybe, maybe when you're waiting for a new job, it's, it's in times like these when having hope is the most important. And yet, it's in times like these, in, in times of waiting for answers or relief from hardship or healing, when hope seems the most fleeting. In times of waiting, hope, hope is crucial. And hope and waiting are, are inextricably linked. So much so that That in translations of the Bible, um, these words tend to be a little bit interchangeable. And I know if you're like me, you're thinking, like, there's no way hope and waiting, like, they kind of go together, but you wouldn't mistake those words. But if you would humor me for a moment, let's flip to Isaiah 40, um, verse 31. Um, Isaiah was a prophet during a period of exile for the Israelites, and his message was all about trusting God, that that God would deliver them from their suffering by sending a new messianic king. And in chapter 40, verse 31, he says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now, if you would, we're gonna look at a few Hebrew words this morning. Um, and, and I am no Hebrew scholar by any means. My dad has studied some some uh, biblical Hebrew and so I went to him a lot for some help um, through all this. So thank you, Dad. But, but the word we see translated here as hope is this Hebrew word koveh. I know it looks like kava, or quava, or brava. I don't, you know. Um, it, it's this Hebrew word koveh. Say that with me. Kovey. Um It's kind of like a duvet. It sounds French, but it's not. It's Hebrew. Um, and... And this word, covey, is used to describe this tense anticipation of something to come. It's to wait for something, to look for something, or, or to hope for something. I, I was reading uh, about covey recently and, um, and I read a story about these two uh, young children. Um, we're probably talking one or two years old. Old enough that they could stand up in their crib... Um, but not too old that they could climb out of their crib. I don't know, I'm not a father, and so I don't know what age that is, but some of you parents know what we're talking about. And, and they, their room was at the end of a hallway, and down the hallway they had old wooden floors, and there was this specific spot in the floor that, that when you'd step on it, it would creak. And they could hear it from their room, and so they knew their dad was coming when they would step on the floor and hear the creak. And so every time that that... They heard that creak, they would stand up and be watching the door waiting for their dad to walk through. It's this idea of, of to wait, to look for, to hope for, cove. But inside the word cove is this word cove. It would be the QAV for us. Um, it would be Hebrew letters that uh, I'm not remembering. Um, but a, a cove is a cord. So with the word "cove," I I want you to picture um, a cord or a rope or a string or something. And I want to picture you get the two strongest people you know to pull in opposite directions as hard as they can. And what happens to this rope or cord or cove? Well, it gets tight. And eventually, the cord is either going to break... Or they're going to get tired and it's going to release. But there's an anticipation of what's going to happen. Think about when you were playing with a rubber band and you would stretch it really tight. There's some nervousness there. It's about to pop my fingers and it's not going to feel good. And so when when we see this word cove, I I want you to think of yourself being stretched. Stretched. It's like when we feel like we're stretched to the absolute max, when it feels like life circumstances are stretching us so thin that we're about to break or or we need the tension to be released and and we're just not sure what's going to happen next. These times when we can't see how we're going to pay our mortgage or or get through this marital issue or, or get through this sickness, whatever it is, So in these times when when life feels like it's falling apart and all hope seems lost, I I want you to think about this idea of hope and waiting being connected. Think of these times as as, as these covey times. I think there's a lot of, of comfort to be taken in those times that we're just in a period of waiting, of waiting for something to happen. In Romans chapter 15 verse 13 Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and, and he gives some encouragement for these times. He says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is all well and good. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for this encouragement. Um, but but what does this actually mean for me in the middle of, of this COVID time? when When I feel stretched to my limits... What does this actually mean for me now? I think it, recently I've, I've realized there are a lot of things that I read, a lot, a lot of scripture that I read that, that I almost get a false encouragement from. And, and it's a false encouragement not because it's not encouraging, but because there, there are some biblical words in there, some churchy words that I've grown up hearing my entire life, and so I read through them and know, I can read this passage and say, I'm supposed to be encouraged by this, cool. And in good times, I probably am encouraged by this, but, but when I get in the middle of a period of waiting, a period of frustration, of, of confusion, of fear, I read this and, and I get frustrated. Paul, what? You're saying that you want my hope to overflow, but, but my hope in what? What? I think our, our first thought as believers is, is hope in eternal life, right? We know as believers that through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we have the hope of eternal life with Him. And that's amazing, and, and I don't want to even for a second make you think I'm downplaying that because that's incredible. But in the midst of trials and hardships, is, is there any hope that I can have for this present life? And I want to I contend with you this morning that there is. Um, in the spring, we take guys and girls retreats with the youth group. Kristen takes the girls. I take the guys, in case you were um, wondering. Um, and this year, uh, I took the guys, and, and we talked about this Hebrew word, ashore. Um And in our Bibles... Um, In our Bibles, ashray is typically translated as blessed or happy. Say that with me this morning, ashray, ashray. It's weird. Other languages are difficult and hard. Um, And there's lots of Hebrew words this morning, I'm sorry, but we've only got one more later. Um, This word ashray is typically translated in our Bibles as blessed or happy. Think the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This is the word, this is the idea. It's typically translated as, as happy or blessed. But, but I think it's a little bit more. I think it's this idea of joyful satisfaction. Uh, the best example I can think of for, for Asherah is what Paul talks about in Philippians uh, 4 verse 12 um, when he says, look, I know how to be content. I know how to be satisfied in any situation, whether I'm hungry or full, or rich, or poor. I can be joyfully satisfied in any situation because I know Jesus. So, so how is Paul able to be content in any and all circumstances, here and now, no matter what? I believe that, that it's Paul's hope in the promises of God. And this is something that I don't remember talking about a ton outside of, of the Old Testament, right? We see a lot of God's promises in the Old Testament to the Israelites, um, but it's not something I remember talking about for, for us here and now. Um, and so what I think Paul is hoping in is, is the promises that God has made to him and, and also to us. And so I want to look at a, a few of these this morning, um, but but we're not going to look at them all because we would be here for way too long. I mean, there's thousands of these promises that are made to us in the New Testament as, as Gentile believers that we can hope in. But in the midst of trials and hardships, we can trust in the promises of God. We can trust Jesus when he says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's so easy in, in these times, these covey times, when life just feels like you've been thrown in, in a dryer and you're getting tossed and turned by everything. It's so easy to think that rest isn't possible. Do you wake up in the morning and, and your first goal is to try and solve whatever problem or issue is going on and, and you go to bed at night and you can't sleep and you toss and turn because you're, you're working out in your head trying to figure out how can I fix this problem? And Jesus says, give that to me. Give that to me. Stop trying to handle all of life's problems on your own and give it to me to take care of and, and, and I will give you rest. This isn't just an idea, but this is a promise. In the midst of trials and hardships, find, find hope in the rest that Jesus promises. We can also trust that, that God is working all things out for our good according to his purpose. Paul tells us in Romans eight twenty eight, 28, um, he says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, this gets a bit tricky um, because I think sometimes what we like to think Paul is saying or we, what we hope Paul is saying is that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him according to your preferences, according to the things you want or the way that, that you want it to work out. But sometimes the circumstances God wants us in or needs us in don't fit our preferences. Look back at Paul. He was shipwrecked, snake bitten, beaten, imprisoned, and yet we still see in Philippians four verse twelve that, that he can be joyfully satisfied in all circumstances. Because he knew that that God was working everything out for Paul's good according to God's purpose. Now I'm not saying that God is causing all these bad things to happen. In fact, I would argue that it wasn't God causing these bad things to happen. But, but what I am saying is that God is sovereign. And he will use all things for your good and for his purpose. I heard a pastor once say, God doesn't fund plans that aren't his. We may think our plans are good, but, but we don't know everything. Um, I'm 24, uh, I'm actually 23, 24 on Tuesday. Get those cards in the mail. Um, I'm 23, and I can promise you, and you guys can look at me and probably say, yeah, this guy doesn't have it figured out. Um, but, but I know this, because every time I try to go off on my own and do things my way, the way that I think this is what's good for me, this is what I want, it seems like I always end up broken and hurting, See, what Paul is actually saying in Romans eight twenty eight is that even when your circumstances don't match your preferences, know that God is working all things out for your good according and in line with his plan. In times of trials and chaos, find hope in knowing that God is working all things out for your good according to his purpose and that whatever you're going through will be used for God's glory. And the last promise we're going to look at this morning is, is that we can trust Jesus when he says he'll be with us always. In Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus gives the disciples the great commission, right? Jesus tells the disciples, go out into all the nations making disciples and, and preaching and baptizing and all these good things. And he closes with this. This is Matthew 28, verse 20. Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, if you've read the story before, if, if you're familiar with this, we know very soon after this, Jesus is going to go back up uh, to heaven. So it looks a, a bit confusing um, until we see in, in John 14 verse 16 when Jesus says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. So many times in my life I've I've been in the midst of chaos and trials and, and anxiety and frustration and confusion, and I felt like God didn't see me. I remember my freshman year of college. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys have ever moved 700 miles from home um, to a city where you don't know anybody, um, starting a new stage of life. I know, I know some of you probably have, um, but I, I decided to do that when I turned 18 and went off to SMU in Dallas, Texas. I moved 700 miles from home um, to a city where I didn't know anyone. Um, I had met one campus minister, um, awesome guy, super great, but I didn't know anybody. um, and, And I really felt like that was where God was calling me. But then I got out there and I made zero friends. I found no community at church. I spent 98% of my time uh, by myself in my room. Um, I took a lot of naps. Um, A lot of naps. It was miserable. I was super depressed. Um, I I was going to church every week, but I couldn't find community. There wasn't a, a good young adult group there. I was just, I was miserable. Um, I was at the lowest point of my life. And, and if I'm completely honest, I was angry at God. I, I felt so much that, that that's where God was calling me, and then He just left me. Like in my head, I'm thinking, God can't call me somewhere, and then it be the most miserable place ever. It was awful. I was, I was so angry at God. I thought he had left me where I was. But then I met some guys in, in a fraternity that I was interested in called Brothers Under Christ. Um, uh, the Greek letters are beta Upsilon chi We call it bucks. Um, and, and so that's probably what, if I mention it again, that's what I'm going to call it. Because Brothers Under Christ is a mouthful. Um. But meeting those guys ended up being one of the most life-changing experiences of my entire life. I met guys who who pushed me in every way to grow closer to Jesus. Guys who called me out and encouraged me when I was caught in sin. Guys that that celebrated with me during the joyful times. I found guys who, who sat with me and surrounded me and comforted me in hard times. And and I can tell you 100%, I would not be a youth minister today if it wasn't for those guys. If it wasn't for God putting those guys in my life. See, in the midst of my freshman year, I thought that that God had left me. But when I look back, all I can see is is God moving in my life. God moving in the lives of the people around me. I, I see God working in every interaction I had. In the middle of the time that, that I thought God had abandoned me, in fact, when I look back, all I see is God with me. All I can see is the fulfillment of God's promises, even when I had lost all hope. But what about now? Maybe, maybe you're in a place now that's worse than any place you've ever been. Maybe your marriage is falling apart, you, you can't... Pay your mortgage. You can't shake that addiction. You can't. I mean, there are so many things that we could list off that that would put us in this covey feeling, this anxious, fearful waiting time. Maybe you're thinking, "There's no way that that Jesus could ever give me rest again, or that there's no way God could could spin this for for my good or for His purpose or." Or maybe that God has, has just left you alone. How in the middle of these times can I have hope? These verses are, are, are all pretty and great for a Hobby Lobby sign, but, but in the midst of the chaos, how can I have hope? Earlier, um, a few minutes ago, we talked about Kove uh, being translated in some places as, as hope and in some places as waiting. Um. But I left out a, a third word um, that it gets translated as, and, and that word is "trust." Even in Isaiah 40:31, some translations say, "But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. Trust is tied into hope as well. And guys, I can promise you that God is trustworthy. I know that, and, and I think you know that. And if you need evidence of that, we can look back to the Old Testament. We can look back and see God make promises with Israel. And and we see Israel be nothing short of completely not faithful to God in so many ways. And yet, we see complete faithfulness and we see God fulfill every promise that he made to Israel. That's the same God that we can trust in. So this morning, if if you're in the midst of one of these seasons of waiting and, and trusting and hoping... And even if you're not, um, you probably will be at some point. So this is a verse that you can throw in your back pocket and meditate on this week. But but if you're in one of those periods right now, I want to encourage you with Psalms 130 verses 5 through 7. The psalmist writes this, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. Yes, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Okay, um, bear with me one more time. Um, I've got one more Hebrew word that I want to take a look at with you. Um, and those of you with allergies are going to appreciate this. Um, the word we're going to look at is chased. Say that, say that with me, chased. It's weird, you kind of clear your throat while you're doing it. Don't look at a neighbor while you're doing this, or that could be an uncomfortable situation. Um, this word is, is the word uh, that we see translated as unfailing love. Um, it's really this word, chesed. Um You also see it translated as, as goodness or loving kindness, but, but I like the translation best as, as covenant fidelity. East Brainerd, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. For with the Lord is covenant fidelity, and with him is full redemption. God is always faithful and will fulfill all of his promises. I, I had to look up, you put two really big words next to each other, and I get a little confused sometimes, so so I looked at, at covenant fidelity, and I just want you to break it down with me for a second. We've got um, covenant, we've got promises, uh, but kind of like a step higher than a promise, and then fidelity or faithfulness. And so I think there's two ways to look at it. it both of them are awesome, and I, I think it's probably uh, encapsulated. Uh, it probably encapsulates all of it. But but we have a God who is covenantly faithful to fulfill his covenants. God is always faithful and will always fulfill all of his promises. Even when our circumstances don't match our preferences, we can find hope in the waiting because we know that we can trust God's goodness, his, his faithfulness, his steadfast love, his loving kindness, his covenant fidelity, his chesed. I know I can trust God because even when humanity turned away and chose sin over relationship with the creator of the universe, out of his 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 covenant fidelity, out of his goodness, he remained faithful to his promises to us. He remained faithful to his promises to save us. So he became a man in Jesus. He lived a perfect life and he sacrificed himself. He rose again on the third day having conquered sin and death so that we could have a relationship with Him. And because of that, we have hope not just for eternity, but we have hope in the here and now. Even in the covey times, even in the times when we're stretched to the absolute max, even when in the times when it looks like our life is about to just fall apart and crumble around us. In those times when, when things work out how we want or, or even in those times when things don't work out according to our preferences, we can trust that God is with us even there. Working all things out for our good according to His purpose and that there will be rest. Guys, this morning, let God's past faithfulness give you hope now and for the future. Will you pray with me? God, I want to come before you now thanking you for this morning. God, I thank you for this time that we can come together and and worship together and God, I pray be encouraged uh, by seeing one another worshiping. God, for any of us right now in in, in a period of of covey, of waiting and hoping and and anxiety and fear and, and confusion and chaos, God, I pray that that you would give us hope fill us with joy and peace and all hope through the holy spirit and god let us trust you let us trust in your goodness god let us trust in these promises that you've made to us because you are a good god you were you were you were faithful forever even when we're not god i pray that 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 we would be encouraged by your goodness, by these promises. God, and give us hope, not just for eternity, but for the here and now. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. If if this is the first time you're hearing about God's goodness, or or if right now you feel like you're all out of hope um, and you need to talk with someone, we've got elders um, that would love to spend some time this morning with you. Um, talking or or praying, whatever you need. Um, But if you would, let's stand and give God praise this morning for his goodness.